Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Hey everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. It is episode 218. We're recording on February 28th, 2021. And this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. I am your host, Mark Allred, and you can follow me right there. And this is my host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what's up? And you can follow her right there. (laughs) We are back for another week of Black and Gold Hockey Talk, and um, I'm it's uh i don't know where to go with this and we're going through a speed bump with this boston bruins team right now and it's just uh things are not clicking well but i'm sure we will get into it but um bringing in heather ingerson heather what's up nothing mark how was your week it was uh, good. I'm lear- We're learning a new program here. We're on StreamYard now. We're not using Zoom anymore because uh, I need to find convenience and uh, I need to save time. And I feel that every time we were recording, I was setting up something that um, uh, was completely unnecessary. So we, we m- looked at the technology, trying to figure stuff out to make the audio better, the video better, and more of a, a user-friendly um, platform. So I think that this is the the thing that we got to do, and uh, to uh, gain more uh, followers and listeners and viewers on our YouTube channel. So it's been a week, let me tell you. So uh, trials and tribulations are going to be uh, going through this, as we talked about previously in our in our recording. But we are excited to uh, to to try to do a, a one-stop shop for our recording. So. Here we are. Bear with us, people, on this first time out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, why don't we just jump right in and uh, talk about our show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Uh, BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action, folks. Don't forget to use that code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. So let's um, jump right in. We do have a big uh, agenda to uh, talk about. So why don't we do that? We were told by John in one of the hashtag AskBNGs to keep the the vibes positive. So let's start with last Sunday at Lake Tahoe because it's the only oh, positive shit. vibes I got going right now. And uh, I'm sorry before before we do this, I just gotta. I'm sorry, Heather. I gotta bump right in here. Um, okay. I wanted to say something uh, about my my one of my best friends, um, and he is the Buster boy. I'll show him a picture right here. Buster turned 11 this week. I'm so excited for him. He's all old and everything. <laughs> he's that's my boy so happy birthday buster love you guys and um his brother winston is too so kind of cool but I, I i'm sorry i, didn't, I just wanted to no worries say I, something about that i'm um, never gonna deny you a buster you know that you yeah. had my buster my dog buster for many 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 years too Someday I'm going to get you that copy I have of you and Buster by the fireplace <laughs> little, little memory to keep with you of All my right. Buster Everyone let's get let's get to the topic um let's get to our agenda and we're going to highlight we're going to show these now so every time we talk about an, uh, a topic on our uh, lengthy list of agenda issues that we need to go over this will be popped up so the viewers on youtube can also see what we're talking about so here we go heather let's kick it off here all right so yeah we're gonna start with tahoe tahoe yay we won seven to three right yep we beat philly it was to say the highlight of the week. I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, but I mean, a lot of things went on. Uh, let's start with, I don't know, maybe what do you think the fashion, like what, what was going on with that? Did you feel like the middle school or high school threw up all over Lake Tahoe? Cause I did. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, but you know, they did it as a group. Um, it was a discussion before what they were going to do. You know, it was almost like um, the movie uh, about something about the Titan. Remember the Titans when mm-hmm. they all came out and started singing the the song and doing the little dance to to warm up and so on. So this might have been that there. Remember the Titans moment for all of them, but they chose a very um, terrible uh, generation to to go back to. Uh, the The windbreakers were funny. Um, Patrice Bergeron looking like a cup that I have at work when I have my coffee. You know, it was. Um, it was pretty interesting, uh, and uh, and obviously David Pasternak, the guy's just a a, a a complete superstar in this league. But it's his personality that really is breaking barriers, um, creating uh, a wide range of fandom uh, from the from an older person that remembers the '80s and uh, and, and '90s, whatever, to a younger a younger person that might not have been around to uh, to acknowledge what. Uh, terrible clothing they wore back then, but uh, no, it, 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 wore. yeah, exactly. We wore, we wore. <laughs> um, but uh, I was more of a ripped jeans and long hair and you know, a jean jacket over the windbreaker, so <laughs> exactly. I was metal all day. <laughs> 
uh, in there. Um, I loved it. I gave them a rating of a 90210 because it was very, very 90s. Um, I, I, I'm not really a bright color girl, as you know. I certainly wore my fair share of fluorescent kind of freak shows like that. Again, you're born into the generation you are. I don't blame people for bell bottoms either because they were kids in the 70s or whatever, you know, 60s and 70s. But I thought the look was great. I almost died when I saw the Bash Brothers from the Mighty Ducks out there. That was great. Loved it. Um, I disagree. So I heard someone say if Char was here, they would have never done that. I'm like, no, see, I feel like Char is fun. If Bergie would have been like, I want to do the 90s. I want to do the 90s. They would have done see, it. I don't think that's true. Because obviously yeah, that person who said that, it was probably on Twitter, right? I don't know. I don't I podcast something. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, don't know. <laughs> I will I will say that yes, he probably would have because we've all seen this guy in a bunny suit for Easter. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think he would have. I've never seen Chara not get into the fun. Right. Exactly. Like he like he's the first one to be dressed up like the crazy, you know, member of the Toy Story. You know, so yeah, yeah. I I do disagree in the fact I think if Bergie was like, we want to do the 90s, Dad Chara would have definitely been like, all right, we're going to need me an extra big suit. You know what I mean? Also, Chara, the kid of the 90s, he's our age. You know what I mean? So he probably would have been like, oh, yeah, this is fun. The Walkman was great. Um, the game was pretty good. The first period, it was hard. Still a lot of glares. Of the, I know Judd and Bob were saying down by the ice, like they couldn't even see down the other end until probably near the end of the first and stuff. But I thought it came off a lot better on Sunday than it did on Saturday for the Avs Vegas game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was a kind of a shit show and it is what it is. I mean, this, you, you know, I'm just happy that that was ice conditions didn't happen on Sunday. Like you mentioned, that was a totally, it was, it was a West coast thing. I don't care about the Vegas golden Knights and I don't care about uh, the Colorado avalanche. My concentration was let's get this up and ready. And, and for Sunday's game, cause that's when, you know, two points are definitely involved and, and it's our Boston Bruins. We tend to pay a little more attention and gravitate to them. So, uh, the game overall, the experience, I was, I was just, I was thrilled, man. I really want to see more of this. Um, take it to the national parks if, if, if it's, if it's well and good. If Canada will let you go to Lake Louise, do it. If, if you want to go to Maudsley State Park here in Newburyport, Massachusetts, do let's it. do it right on the Merrimack River. You know, those are the things that they should be doing uh, moving forward. And whether you have fans in the stands or not, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I like the fans in the stands for that that nostalgia thing, you know, and, and you pack in stadiums, that's all well and good, but also mix in some of these games without fans, if you want, and just get the TV revenue because the sounds of what we heard, the, 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 you know, the crunching of the ice when, when a, a player goes in the corner and turns and the, and, and the, uh, and what you hearing, like, you know, uh, the, the, the players talking to each other and, and swearing and, and, you know, the chirping and so on was fun. I thought it was great. So yeah. I'm all for it. Well, that's kind of what the fun's been for the last year, right? Is our, us big miles aren't in the stands like yelling and they can't really control hearing the chirps and the natural sounds of the puck bouncing off the board, you know, zipping around the glass, you know what I mean? Ding! Like, you know, just the noises and it is fun. It's like the same noises I heard this morning at my kids hockey, you know, practice. So that's fun. Um, But to give him a do, Dave Pasternak, hat trick. Yes. Yeah, uh, your boy Fre Trent Frederick got his first goal in that beautiful scenery. I'm sure you were very happy about that. Can't um, pick a better spot probably to have had that moment. Uh, 
the redhead got it. Nick Ritchie got a power play goal. I don't want anyone to think. Oh, did you see? I was like oh retweeting. God. Yeah, I know. Sorry, and then you had to explain yourself afterwards, which was, was absolutely like, just, awesome. Like, no, yeah, sorry, I'm slacking or whatever. I'm doing <laughs> like just. Yeah. Oh no, that was. I think that was actually maybe the other Rangers. Thing, I, was, I don't want anyone to think it. I'm ignoring Richie. That was the game that I. Had re someone call me thinking like, guy, no, I retweeted them giving him the credit. So I really retweeted both of them for the goal because I was behind because I was at work and I just got this goal out. But anyways, um, yeah, so the boys put up uh, good numbers. Who else? McAvoy got a goal and Charlie Coyle got a goal. But I, the most exciting part probably of the goal scoring, besides they were having so much fun out there, was Pasternak and uh, your boy Trent Frederick. Very happy with himself, as he should have been. And, uh, yeah, big win. I think they had fun. And then it got a little messy, especially uh, I believe that the next part of this moving on is talking about now, though, we've lost Jeremy Lozon for four weeks. Yeah, um, unfortunately, the uh, Bruins defenseman Jeremy Lozon will be out at least a month due to having surgery to repair a broken bone in his left hand that he sustained in that 7-3 victory over the Flyers at Lake Tahoe. I believe it was just his first shift, right? Got in the corner yeah. and just uh, took a little bit of a hack, and we didn't see much of him after that. Um, I will say that the response of his loss was really good. I talked about it on the uh, live stream we do with the um, with the dump and change boys uh, Jared and Nick uh, on Tuesday nights every Tuesday night check it out um, I I like the response of the young player like Yerho Vakaninen um, and and um, you know McAvoy how he took over a serious leadership role in that game um, you know and and it was like that next man up mentality. Uh, but it, it does suck that these injuries still continue and they continue on the defense, uh, which I really didn't want to see happen because, you know, you have more forwards available to pick and sort from than you do uh, with the, your defensive core, regardless of who's in the taxi squad or not or who's down in Providence. But still, it's just something that, you know, there's no part of a season, especially in a shortened, condensed 56-game uh, schedule where you you could say you know this is a good part of the year to have these injuries, but you mm -hmm. can kind of say that now because the the Boston Bruins are, are 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 up. They're not at the top right now of these of the um, the Mass Mutual East, but they're up there. So yeah, you could say that this speed bump was was due to happen, and um, you know injuries are going to happen. But let's get healthy and then. Like let's get forward. I mean, we're we're past the way past the quarter mark now in this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's get everything back. Uh, Zaboral got back, which is good, and um, yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, Jeremy Lawson, his loss is 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 critical in that um, in that physicality department, you know. So, and you could definitely see that in the uh, in our upcoming discussion when we talk about the the, the next two games. Uh, after this Philadelphia game. So, uh, yeah, it sucks to have Luzon out. Uh, I really like him. I like his, what he does on the back end, you know. Uh, I think, too, it's concerning just developmental-wise, right? Because these boys had to bump up, and this is their first NHL season. And you know what I mean? Essence, whether it was necessity or they earned or otherwise. And that's a long time to be out as a young defenseman learning. You know, he's been playing top pairing. Like, he's been having a good learning curve, you know, like we're obviously giving, especially the defense, a little bit of, you know, leeway 
because they're trying to work it out. But now we have a situation where things were sort of settled a little bit. And, you know, just for him, that's a month. You know, he that means he's getting back. It's almost playoffs in the season at this point. You know, yeah. I mean, we are almost to the halfway point, just like that. And um, so that being said, it, things started taking a real ugly turn on Thursday uh, versus the New York Islanders. Yes, um, it was gross. We lost 7-2. to two. Um I'm going to save my try to find accentuate the positives for later for the BNGs. But um, overall, this was a shit show. Excuse my language, but I cannot, regardless of injury or anything else, the Islanders game on Thursday was exactly how we should never be playing. Like we're better than this hockey. Do you know what I mean? We are way better than this hockey. So I'm going to let you go first. Any comments, questions, concerns, and all around in between. Yeah, there's absolutely no excuse to, for not figuring out this team, um, especially in today's hockey. You have the technology to look back at video, which I know that they're doing. I know that they're doing the due diligence to try to figure this out. I mean, the Islanders right now seem to be the kryptonite, and, and the, the New Jersey Devils are seeming, seemingly getting to that point too. But it's just so strange that you can beat up on Philly you can beat up on, I mean, well, you don't beat up on, but you play well against Washington. You play well against Pittsburgh's and, and blah, blah, blah. And But when it comes down to teams like the Islanders, and I'm not saying the Islanders are a slouch or anything like that at all, or or the next opponent we're going to talk about. But these are uh, teams that I believe that you should be able to figure out. Um, so, and it's just going to get, if they can't figure this out, it's just going to get much worse. And these games, when you're playing, eight games a year against these teams in this new division. Uh, it's, it's not going to be easy. So it, you got to do something. I, I accept the speed bump. I'm not freaking out about what's going on right now. But in reality, you do have to address it. You do have to, uh, um, uh, you know, mend those areas that you're getting exposed because this Islanders team is just finding ways to freaking make your day absolutely horrible. Yeah, that. I was thinking we're not really doing very well in that triangle. The island in Madison Square Garden or down at the Prue in New Jersey. Something about the water, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, that being said, Richie scored a power uh, – scored a goal, not a power play goal, sorry. Uh, and Smith got a goal. And so I guess a thing that's all right is the second line is being all right. Uh, they seem to still be in the game. I need them to figure it out more. But I, I also, like, I see people, it's like, blames John Moore. John Moore is, like, not even playing. You can practice all you want, but you're, like, a 32-year-old defenseman who hasn't played hockey and, you know, like, not playing a lot. He's not the problem. We overall are breaking down defensively as a, a team, a whole team effort. And I, where we are playing the same teams over and over again, these teams have figured out, uh, the Islanders in particular, how to just punch a hole, whether we have all our people healthy or none of our people healthy on the left side. They are punching a hole through this defense and not helping. Like, as a team, we've been leaving our goaltenders out to dry this week. And it makes our – I'm not saying there hasn't been some that Euro should have had or Tuca couldn't have had. What I'm saying is overall – as a team, like if we're struggling, now we're down to five defensemen on the back end because someone's out, had to leave the ice, then I'm going to need the forwards to do exactly like, especially like their third and fourth liners. That's what they do. That's what they're good at. That's why we have dangerous lower level lines is they're good at getting into the physical and this, and I'm going to need them to step up then because 
now we've got even more young people or veterans that haven't played and been in the mix. And now they have to, now the people who have been playing have new defensive pairs, new, you know, it's, it's a rotating thing, but because of that, you'd think that they would come together to try to figure it out. But I feel like now we're fighting, not fighting each other actually, but like just now they're the frustration and the like working it out is all kind of creating a whole spew of just what is going on. Also, it hasn't been kind to us having four days off because the last time we had four days off, we lost two games. We won in Tahoe and then we have four days off and now we're back to this. That being said, we do have a lot of injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't talk about this Islanders game. It's just gr- like, that was really, really gross. Well, let's, Even- let's, let's actually hear what uh, Bruce Cassidy had to say in his presser as we bring in this one right here. Well, uh, we got down on ourselves, tried to do too much. There are a couple of pinches, shorthanded goal against. I think it was the third and fourth, you know, fourth and fifth. We just, <clears throat> we didn't stick with it. You know, we, we gave up a third goal that, you know, a young kid just got caught a little bit, not moving his feet. Um, and then we pressed, you know, made some mistakes, gave their top players time and space, and they buried us. Well, we've been tied every game going into the third. I thought we did our best work the first time in here. It was a one nothing. They got a fortunate deflection where we stayed patient. It's how they play. Um, it's how they play. And I'd like to think when we're on our game, we're, you know, pretty structured and responsible and how we can put teams away. So uh, beat, a, uh, you know, beat us at our own game a little bit in terms of not beating yourself. I thought tonight was a real good example. We, we beat ourselves in the third period, clearly. Uh, give them credit. They capitalized on their opportunities. But like I said, I think, those goals, three, four, and five, that sort of put us behind. That you know, a little bit of is on us trying to force things or, or not executing. So, um, the similarity is, you know, they stick with their game. The last uh, few times in here, the last time we we're in here was our third and fourth nights. The third period could have just been a, a simple uh, issue of you know they had more juice in the tank. But at the end of the day, they found a way every time. Um, you know, obviously the the Barzell matchup at home, you have a little better opportunity to you know, to get that. But, you know, having said that, Crowley's line, we, we're comfortable with them playing against good players every night uh, tonight. Um, you know, we, did, we didn't check well enough against that group. But, again, we also gave one up uh, to their skill on, on, on our power play. So that's been a concern lately. We've been um, not very good. And that was what happened last time in here, Hags, too. We, we had a chance to get back in the game in the power play and gave up a shorthanded goal. So that's been one of the, the constants, I guess, as well, is that we haven't been able to capitalize on, on – uh, offensive opportunity on, on the man advantage and, and actually give them a goal to put us further in the hole. Yeah, exactly, exactly what he said right there. The power play has got to get much better. I mean, this, this power play was, was, you know, the, 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 the toast of the league is so, for so many years and they've been up there and um, you know, just the way that it's constructed and so on, you, you expect a little bit better from them. Uh, I thought Bruce said it right there perfectly that, you know, it is, this team, this Islanders team is just like it. Like I said before, it's the kryptonite. So very strange. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, yesterday I was like, I don't even want to look at the Bruins faces, not coach Cassidy, not the, I just, I, I understand they're doing their best and it's not because I don't think they're not all good at their job. It's just frustrating when, especially, and we'll talk about Friday's game in a minute after we talk about the injuries, but 
saying things like we need to pass more is great, but if we don't pass more, you know, or shoot more and pass less, it doesn't work. If we don't figure out exactly, that's the whole point though. The Islanders figured it out. They have our number. We need to figure out how to figure it out because this whole season, what's starting to concern me overall is we're either coming back in the third for a spectacular finish or we're imploding in the third period for a the, this week kind of finish. And that we need to figure out because in the long run, if we are going to be competitive, even if we can't win a cup this year, okay, maybe we can. I'm not saying we can't, but let's be realistic. The chances of us hoisting the cup as constructed is pretty low, right? Pretty low. We can probably go the first few rounds and get out of our division. But after that, it's going to be the rough go. And if we can't figure it out now with injuries and stuff, how are we ever going to figure it out after a grind of the last two months, everything being condensed even more because of the COVID reschedules. And then a couple weeks within the division, the same teams that have already handed you your asses so many times, you know, and we're already halfway through playing some of these teams. So that, that's just what kind of concerns me. You know what I mean? We can say all we want, but like not saying they're not working on it, but they've got to figure it out because it, they have not looked well this week. Like, it's not just us as a fan base or whatever. Like, other people are like, what the hell is going on with the Bruins right now? Even if you factor in young kids and injuries. That being said, we still have a lot of injuries. Still no Krejci. I'm not sure where. I mean, Kasha could be in the Czech Republic for all I know. Um, no Grizz still. But he may play today. Have you seen anything about that? Um, Bruce uh, said in his presser that he is not going. He was in the practice lineup. Uh, I believe a white jersey, uh, so he's good to go uh, for uh, full contact. But I don't believe he'll be in this afternoon's game against the uh, the Rangers. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, uh, and, but- oh, I was just going to say, and lastly, as much as it was, oh, Miller might just be having a maintenance day, it turns out that maybe Miller might have tweaked something again for... Yeah, starting to sound that way. Um, mm-hmm. So... No, it's not much of load maintenance like the, they've been talking about and so on. I think that he, uh, the, the, I think that the um, training staff was was on this one and said, let's not push him too much um, until he, you know, breaks that kneecap for a third time. Um, and you know, it, it's unfortunate because he does add a little bit of physicality that that this team absolutely needs. And losing somebody like that. Uh, Miller and Lozon is it that puts a uh, that puts you behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, traffic in front of your own goal, and and we're seeing it. We're seeing opportunities for other teams that are just being created because folks aren't there to clean out the dirt in front, you know. So is what it is. I mean, injuries are going to happen, but when it comes down to having two physical players like that, you take a huge element out of the game. I'm concerned. Well. It'll be nice to get Grizz back. I understand if they keep him out. I'm on board for like Russ Miller as much as you want. Cause I'd rather have John Moore look struggling and Kevin Miller not end up for another 18 months out of, you know, hockey than that. I mean, cause we're going to need the depth. I'm, I do think that we're starting to see with Krejci out of the lineup. You know what I mean? Because as much as he hadn't scored any goals this year, he still had like 11 assists or something before he got injured or 10 or 11. So it's not like he hadn't been producing doing David Krejci things a little bit. I mean, not as consistent as we'd like, but let's face it. Our team struggles with consistency. You never know what you're going to get. And it's not just Jake DeBrusque, like on the whole, you know, especially this week, you've seen that. I'm starting to get a little concerned about our depth though. 
you know how everyone always said how we didn't have that much depth to like pull up this and that. And I think right now, and I'm not judging them. I think it has to do with this is what happens when you get courage under fire, your first real season playing against, you know, the top, top level. Um, but like they're owning these, they're st- people are starting to own some of these young kids asses. And I understand maybe the kids haven't been like, so, okay, you can argue Trent Frederick maybe hasn't been as physical as he was. I'm just using him as an example. I'm not saying him specifically, but like, we're starting to see what happens when you have veterans like Chris Kreider and whoever, you know, Tom Wilson's, you know, when you in the grind and now that these kids have a lot of pressure on them, which really isn't their fault because everything's been shuffled with injuries and stuff, but I'm concerned about the depth. So next man up is great, but if we don't have any men or we're starting to kind of draw deep, deep, like that's great. Like Nick Wolf's playing great. I'm so glad Nick but I don't want him to be my sixth defenseman. Like I want him to be playing in Providence. So I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Cause the injuries, um, I just, that's part of figuring it out. Like, are we yeah. deluding ourselves to think, even though we like them, that they're more valuable than some of these players are at least at this time in their development. Yeah. I think that, I think everything's fine. It's not fine as in they're winning, they're doing all the right things. This is just, this is the learning curve for some of these young players that are coming into this lineup for the first time. Um, and you know, obviously played well, but you're going to have those times that you take a downfall, a down step and injuries are, are real big on this one too. Uh, especially on defense, uh, that Trent Frederick one, uh, when he was just trying to get cute in front of the goal and got his stick lifted and, and, a, and somebody put a shot in for their first career NHL goal. Uh, that was kind of ridiculous, but still, it's just those small learning curves that you got to. You know, let's skate it out, take a couple strides before looking up ice to to to, to transition out fast. Um, I'm not worried about the youth right now. I think this is a good time to insert them. This is a really big evaluation year when you have cap space coming up uh, during the off season where you, if you don't believe in your youth movement that's going on right now, you can address that with some veteran and a little bit more leadership, whatever you need on the back end or up front. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it is what it is. I don't think the, the, the Bruins are going to absolutely go out and change everything, um, uh, on the process that they're currently working on. So, um, I'm, I'm cool with it, but I just don't want to see, uh, uh, you know, a two game losing streak turn into six to eight. And when, when you're, you know, every point means everything to this team in this condensed season, uh, that's when you, uh, you're going to get. You know, you're going to get trunch and um, and you might force Don Sweeney and Cam Neely to stop making some serious decisions at that trade deadline. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, just I think it we're getting, I think, almost close to blue chew to break for a second. But um, just to wrap up on this, though, but that's what's concerning me, though, because I'm not saying to not believe in the youth movement. What I'm saying, though, is. Like, we all agree this season was going to be different, okay? Just the way it's constructed, it's shorter, we have a lot of young people in. But what if it isn't just two games? Or what if it's two games, one game, two You know, that that's the same as losing eight straight games. You're not really – every point counts, but you're not really making headway forward. Do you know what I mean? I I am starting to learn for the days where we lost in the shootout kind of thing. So you at yeah. least got a point, <laughs> right? Um, but – we also have to be realistic that if we, if in four weeks, because injuries will happen and 
a lot of injuries could happen like this. We might have to pull the trigger at the trade deadline. Not for something crazy. I'm not saying like, oh, we're going to go snag Jack Eichel kind of crazy thing. But I do think that because of what we're seeing exposed with the injuries, and again, I'm not blaming anyone because I think the veterans are just as much to blame as the young kids for what's gone on this week because they should, in essence, like, yes, next man up. But you know what? These kids are following your lead. They can't only be following the first line's lead. You know what I mean? They have to follow Coyle and Richie and Smith just as much as that, you know, or even Bjork and them. You know what I mean? So that I do have to say, though, is that those middle youth guys, no, the middle youth guys, like the Stadnika and Bjork and them when they've been in there, I think that they have been doing their best to try and the people that they're familiar with, their old teammate, really kind of help, you know, because they already have the solid bond because they've been, te- you know, on the same team. And they've got the experience with some of the more experienced ones. So I do have to say, I think those middling guys, they have been probably the most consistent thing this week. Not not the veterans, obviously not the young guys, but those middle guys I think have looked a lot um like just consistent, I guess that's all I meant to say. But all right, that being said, it's time to talk about Blue Chew. Everybody loves Blue Chew. You chew, I chew. We all scream for Blue Chew. No, I don't chew, but that's fine. But I will encourage you to do so. So obviously every week, you know, we're sitting here talking about hockey. We like hockey. Everybody loves hockey. And everyone above consenting age probably likes sex too. So, but sometimes the one-on-ones, not working out quite the way you want it, can't get the finish going, can't figure out how to get it past the goaltender. That's all right. What we'll do is what you need to do is you need to listen to me. I'm going to tell you about Blue Chew. It's the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor and you don't have to go to the pharmacy, wait in line. It's even cheaper than pharmacy and it's made in the USA. They ship it direct to your house in discreet packaging, which is great because then there's no awkwardness and you don't even have to leave the house, okay? What you got to do, you go to bluechew.com, blue chew, blue like the color. You put in black and gold, the promo code, black and gold, all capital letters, and our listeners will get their order for free. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling. So that's bluechew.com, blue like the color, put in black and gold, all caps, to receive your shipment for just $5 shipping fee. Yep, it's great. Blue Chew, I don't obviously take it, but I've heard rave reviews. And um, do that, yes. Yeah, let's make it strong. So next time when you're trying to get it through, you can finish that one-on-one and be the hero of the game instead of the zero of the game crying on the ice. Okay, thank you. Back to the agenda. All right, so... um, Yeah, we're going to go from uh, Blue Chew and, and what sounds like a great time while on Blue Chew to a not so great time. Oh, team um, needs Blue Chew. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so next on the agenda, the Bruins lose again on the road in New York, this time against the Rangers, dropping a 6-2 to two stinker at Madison Square Garden in game two of the current three-game road trip. Um, game three, obviously, is today. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, August 28, 2021, but we're recording early in the morning uh, before the game so we can uh, sit and watch it, enjoy it, not talk about it. Because if we uh, if we did a podcast through this game and they put up a stinker like they have, I'm sorry, I'm not good with the math, but I'm, I'm thinking that that's 15 goals in two games that they gave up. Yeah. Uh, 
It's not, let's see, uh, six and seven, 13 games. We were right. outscored. We it. were out, outscored four to 13. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, um, yeah, it, it, just another another game that they couldn't figure it out. Um, you could you could gravitate to the injuries, you can gravitate to inexperience, and so on. But still, it is one of those games that just was um, not good. And uh, a team that you should be beating. Uh, the Rangers are depleted with the um, the loss of Antonio Panarin. Uh, I think Jacob Troop is still out. Um, so. You know they have their issues too, but I think that this was this was the bounce back game that I thought the Boston Bruins were going to get after the Islanders seven to two loss. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Because I know uh, I have a clip of Bruce Cassidy coming up that he was uh, not exactly thrilled, but he did address some um, areas that everybody's got to get better. And he just, just didn't mention the players. He also mentioned his coaching staff, which I thought was interesting. I think that Friday's game was worse than Thursday's game, even though they lost by less. I think that we looked worse. Like, at least in the Islanders game, at times you felt like you were in the game with, you know, that they were in the game. At no point, regardless of how most of it blew up in the third period again for the Rangers, did I feel like the Rangers weren't outplaying us. It just was, and that's what I'm talking about. It's respectable to lose. But it's not acceptable as an NHL team to ever be just that. I mean, like it was like, what What was it? I don't remember which game it was, but it was like two goals in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just you you got to be better than that, regardless of injury. And this is what I meant about it's great. Next man up's great. If But if the next man can't figure it out, too, it doesn't really matter. We're still just marching in circles. Of, I actually think overall for play, though, I was like disgusted Friday. Like, not obviously, like, you know, as a fan, you get disgusted, whatever. They're, again, hopefully today's a bounce back, no big, you know, deal or whatever it happens. I'm not someone who thinks your team should win all the time. I just don't think you should ever lose like that. And that's really my only thoughts on that. But that being said, what can you, I mean, they've got to figure it out. And that's great for Bruce Cassidy to call people out. But, I mean, just like old coach Claude got fired in Montreal and Bergevin, who really is just looking out for his job at this point as well, said, sometimes you need another voice. And I'm not saying we need another voice, but maybe we need a different way in which we're delivering the voice. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe the way it's be like Bruce is great and his coaches love him, but everybody ends up tuning out. You got to maybe change up the way you're delivering said same message too. And your coaches, like you called out, but yeah, I mean, everybody. Oh my God. Sorry. No, no worries. Everybody own in that locker room and on that staff of any sort is responsible for at least that Friday game. Do you know what I mean? Like that was a whole breakdown, maybe even a systems breakdown. And it's okay to reevaluate the system. It's okay to have a couple different systems as necessary. Cause right now as constructed, even if it's just because of injuries and everything else, our normal system is not working out. And as much as you want to keep shoving it in there, it doesn't seem to. So if we got to tweak it a little bit till you get Grizz back or you get, you know, Miller back or whatever you need to do, that might just be something to consider Bruce Cassidy. But again, you're a smarter man than I, like I'm just a fan, just giving a suggestion based on what my eyeballs can see. I know you can see the same thing, sir. I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, but maybe it's not the lines that need to be tweaked. Maybe it's the system itself that needs a little tweaking at this yep. moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, it, you know, two stinkers in New York and, and you play in the New York Rangers uh, today. You had one day of rest. I expect this to be kind of a statement game. I, I would expect that the Bruins staff really got to um, on film. I know it's a short period of time, but, you know, they have all that all that technology available to look at where they're being exposed and, and work on it by talking to your players. Uh, and preparing yourself for a Rangers team that's probably going to be on a high after beating one of the best teams in the league um, on mm-hmm. on um, on Friday. So uh, preparedness is going to be at the uh, at most urgency right now, and and hopefully they come through uh, with the injuries and you know step you know I, uh, injuries aren't an excuse. You know, like you said earlier, it's always that next man up mentality. You should be ready to get in there and go. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, let's hear uh, a quick word from Bruce Cassidy on his thoughts on the loss uh, to the New York Rangers. Trying to get through a stretch here. Um, you know, with with the back end that's still sorting things out and learning their way, a very young group. So a couple things have to happen, Steve. Um, they got to play better, first of all, and recognize what they can get away with with the puck and not. It's just too many turnovers, too much reckless play, right? So we got to do a better job coaching them up, no doubt. Um, so that's on us. By the same token, once they get on the ice, they have to recognize how they can help us win games. So that's the one thing we got to correct. And the second part is knowing that we have some some valuable guys out. The stiffness in front of our net with Lozon and, and Miller and the puck mover and Grizz. One in each pair. That as a team you have to, you know, pick up that group, and you know that that means an extra save along the way. Um, that means secondary scoring and 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 working hard to get back into your own end as forwards to limit the damage, winning your wall battles so that we don't have to defend a lot. So there's a little bit of that going on too. I think where where the rest of the group can pick up, you know, the area that you know that's diminished right now because of injuries. So to me, it's as simple as that. We need more out of uh, a rec- more recognition of. And he's absolutely right. You know, everybody. It's got to be by committee. It's got to be by your 20 skaters that you put on the bench every game, and your four or five, um, um, you know, bench coaches that are behind you and staff. So. Uh, this goes through the whole system. We got to do it all as one. Uh, when one person goes down, let's get somebody else in there that is, that, you know, might be young and uh, inexperienced, but still, um, you should be prepared for any, uh, any and all uh, instant moments like what, what the Boston Bruins are going through right now. Yeah, they. I, I do agree, and I used to say this too when Claude was the coach, right? You, the coach can only do so much. The coaching staff cannot indeed go out on the ice for them and figure it out. Or like Bruce kind of alluded to, you know, they can coach them up, but like sometimes in game, you've got to figure it out as the player in that situation on the ice too. That sometimes is a sign of overcoaching. Uh, I'm not saying they are being overcoached, but sometimes, you know, when your team's not playing so well, sometimes you get a little... I don't want to say pulling in the reins necessarily, but you know, I don't know that to be true. Again, that's just an opinion call. But in my experience, when a coach is saying you guys aren't making decisions, you know what I mean? Like, but that's true. He's not wrong. Like they're, 
they've been a mess. And like I said, Friday, hopefully today they bounce back and everything all is well, which I think is fine. I do think overall as a team, we're fine. I'm not like in a panic mode about, oh my God, we're going off a cliff. I am starting to get a little concerned about the depth and I am going to have to see them win today to like show they're, they're getting the message from their coach, from the fan base, from the teams around them about how they have to play. Because you know what? Next time we've, we've had Philly's number this year, but when we play Philly again, they're going to be a healthier Philly. They might be, you know what I mean? The thing that saved us versus them a lot this year is just that we're in Carter Hart's head. It hasn't been that the team Philadelphia has played that poorly against us, but we are in Carter Hart's head. But maybe next time we're not in his head anymore. You know, like it looks different. I mean, it's not all going to be fun in Lake Tahoe. I get that. But you know what? I need a little bit fun. Barbie, maybe every day we just, everybody play Barbie girl, do whatever you need to do to get this team to win. We can win. Was, was, you speak at Barbie girl. It was funny. Somebody actually, I believe, sent a, was that a hashtag? We should talk yeah. about, we'll talk about it later then. Forget it. Yeah. yeah um, I, I sent you the clip. I don't know if you have the clip too. Yeah, I just I get, like several but, clips from you. And I was just like, what the hell is all this? Yeah. But um, well, like yeah. I said, it's the first week, but yeah. yeah. So we so, play today at noon. We're trying to get this done. We'll do what we have to do to make sure we get this done for our listeners, our loyal B and G brethren and all the Bruins fans out there that just need kookiness in their week. But God hope the boys win today at noon. We'll talk about it or ignore it next week accordingly on that end. Yeah. But yeah, um, we should, you... oh go ahead. We should uh touch on this one. Probably gonna be a um a couple minutes. We're gonna take a break. We hear from Bruce mm -hmm. Sullivan pretty soon. But why don't we hit on this uh topic right now? Uh yeah. Bruins prospect defenseman Yurho Vakanine, who was stellar in his first game back in the NHL due to an injury recall versus the Philadelphia Flyers. But what about his evaluation in his second and third game? Um he was very fluid in his skating. I mean, you, there was no problems with the ice on Sunday uh, at Lake Tahoe. Uh, very fluid. I mean, just real mobile, good transition, making smart plays. Uh, the things that you wanted to see. And obviously that was being uh, a, a matched up against a, a depleted Philadelphia Flyers. But still, there was some really good things to see. Uh, in his development in his first game back um, in the NHL after uh, being concussed and then being basically down in Providence uh, all last season. But the second and third game were were real trying for me because he, he seemed like uh, the natural aspect of his Philly game came into serious desperation and making mistakes um, in the next two. And, uh, you know, development is always going to have a speed bump. It's not going to be perfect all the time. Uh, I think th this is still going to be a very good prospect moving forward. But it's it, like I said, it takes time to to get it all to complete together. Defensemen, sometimes they take a little longer than others, not as long as goaltenders and so on. But still, uh, th there's some good things to talk about when you talk about your Hovac and Einan and, and um Hopefully he gets it. I mean, there's there's no better staff in the league than than uh, Bruce Cassidy and and um, and Kevin Dean, um, both I believe defensemen uh, in the past. So it, it, we'll see what happens with him. I I think that he's been all right. If we're going to 
I mean, we're giving Lozon and Zaboral their leeway. We're going to give Yero their, his leeway too, because he also hasn't played a lot of games up for fill-in or otherwise uh, since he's been down in Providence. Um, it's good for him. I think your first game, you always have the adrenaline of the first game, so that can explain it. Um, you know, like really, like he looked really decent his first game given the situation he got called up for, you know, fun kind of environment to – get kind of get that. And I think that's good for the club that they let the young kids have, you know what I mean? Even if, you know, to let them travel, that's what I'm saying. So the second and third one though, I think part of his struggles was just indicative of how the whole team was struggling because it's hard to point to a kid that's got one, you know, one game this season up here playing. And I know they've practiced and everything, but in a situation where we've been playing really crappy for two games, it's hard to kind of assess what's him and what's just kind of the team environment he's skating in that time. That's just me. I think he'll be fine. I would like him to be a little more. I know he's not like a stand-up defenseman. That's not, even though he's big, I know that's not his role. But at the same time, I need him to add a little more physicality. And even if it's just bumping more, you know, and block using his body a little more uh, because he is, I think he, he's not going to be Charlie McAvoy, but he is a good balance of like a big guy with the offensive skills. But yeah, just especially now without Miller, I mean, maybe just stepping up for now, why Miller and, you know, there are people out of the lineup for, again, I'm not saying you have to come across ice check people kind of thing, but just, you know, a little bit more of use your body, clear the people out. Like you said, clear them out in front of that, which no one's doing. I don't put that on Yarrow, but yeah, but that before they take the break, that's all I have to say. I mean, I think that I don't think he's ready to be. I think that Lozon and Zaboro were the two most ready to bump in. And we know Clifton kind of comes in and out anyways. I don't think Yarrow's ready to be up all the time, but I think he's he'll be all right. You know, he's what how old is he? 24? Who, Yarrow? Yeah, or is he 23? He's a little um, younger, but he's not young, young, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll look it up. It's not that important. Yeah. I'll Google it and tell you after the break. Google. All right. So we are going to, we might as well just do it now. Uh, we'll take a break right now. We're going to hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. I put together this little commercial. Um, please follow his page on Facebook and send him an email if you want any of these fantastic Boston Bruins related hand signed items. Um, so here we go. Let's see what Bruce has this week. Hopefully this works. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. This week, we are showcasing items from two of the greatest defensemen in Bruins history, including Bruins nine-time All-Star, NHL Top 100 player, and Hall of Fame legend Brad Park, including a custom 11 by 14 autographed photo display for $59 and a 15 by 20 special edition for just $89. We are also featuring items from the greatest player of all time, Bobby Orr, including a 22 by 26 inch Flying Goal autographed special edition for $269, a 15 by 20 Rookie of the Year Special Edition for $199, and your choice of white, 
or black or autographed GNR jerseys for just $329 delivered. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bees fans, we're back, and we just heard from the awesome um, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Go check it out. Take the information that on that video, the uh, email address, and how to get and follow him on his social media over on Facebook. Uh, he has a page over there where he does all his sharing of all this, his Boston sports um, uh, hand-signed stuff, uh, memorabilia. So uh, make sure you do that. He's a great guy, and the prices are unbelievable. So um, probably the cheapest I've seen around. And this is where we get our jerseys for the jersey giveaway. And what a shocker. I forgot to do the um, that for the Patreon guys, but we will do that later on. Uh, but – uh, we are back, and uh, we're going to get back to the agenda. So, um, uh, oh, uh, actually, I wanted to bring up the uh, Joe Haggerty sent out a tweet. Uh, this is before the game on Sunday, um, so today, against the Rangers. Um, it remains to be seen what kind of energy Craig McKegg and Carson Kuhlman bring this afternoon, but... Defenseman Steve Kampfer is excellent in these spots, parachuting into the lineup and providing energy, physicality, and a little offense. I expected him to be a factor today. So Bruce Cassidy did, in fact, shake up that lineup a little bit. Um, we're going to get a little bit of physicality out of out of uh, Craig McKegg. Uh, he's a big guy, but I heard his practice sessions on the uh, taxi squad have been really good. The guy can snipe, I guess. He's got a really good shot. So remains to be seen what happens with him. Uh, Carson Coleman actually answers a question that I I got asked on Twitter: Is he injured? But no, apparently he's in the lineup, just not being utilized uh, until absolutely needed. And and it took a Bruce Cassidy shakeup to get him in the lineup. So we'll see what uh, you know what he brings. He's a fast little guy. So and Camper Camper is the uh, ultimate uh, veteran. You know, just that plug and play guy and and. You know, he's been very suitable uh, in this uh, Boston Bruins organization since he was signed here or traded here. I think he got traded. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with these uh, these additions and the way the lineup looks. Um, but uh, McKegg did practice on the fourth line in between Corrali and Kuhlman. So the odd men out per the uh, Boston Bruins practice lines yesterday, uh, Bjork and Wagner uh, look to be out. And uh, Heather, real quick, what did you think of Stadnika uh, sliding back into that natural center position? He looked all right. I mean, one game is hard to judge him by, but I also am not sure I want him to get comfortable just being in the center again because we never yeah. have winners either. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he looked all right. Like I said, the young kids, Stadnika and Bjork and them, like I feel like the ones with a little experience have been – a most consistent, the young kids. Um, I would like to say Stephen Camfer 
always, he doesn't have to play a lot, but when he does, he always shows up for when he is, he's always prepared. And that's why last year when he had to stay home because of his wife and he, you know, they made the decision as a family for him to not go to the bubble. I understood because you know what? He's not there a lot, but when he is, he's there for his team. He's been around a long time too. Stephen Camper has been alone a long time. And I think people forget that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see with McKegg. I mean, if anything, it's perfect Boston name, you know, hopefully he can snipe because no one's been sniping and I would love a couple snipers. Would be so, nice to uh, see from somebody that just joined the team too. That's not known for sniping. Yeah. Or just having someone totally different. Like, I mean, the Rangers are going to be like, who the hell's Greg McKegg or is that his name? Greg McKegg? Yeah. Greg McKegg. Greg McKegg. Oh yeah. Craig Smith, Greg McKegg. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whatever. It can't get any worse, right? I mean, then we don't play again until Wednesday. Obviously, we'll get to that a little later. But, I mean, frankly, it can't get any worse than Thursday and Friday at this point in the week. So, let's fucking do whatever for Sunday and see you next week. We'll move on to the next week. Um, So, we're moving to the part. uh, We now have a name for this segment. But we've been saying, Mark, we're going to make sure Mark gets a systems update for us every single week and down in the system so mark take us away uh yeah so down in the system i was i was gonna do the minor minute but i talk way more than a minute when i talk about prospect because it it is actually one of my favorite part of the uh, boston bruins organization um but uh they've been doing really good so far this year the uh down in um the American Hockey League, top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins. But uh, just to give a couple updates about what's going on, uh, these updates are probably going to get better, but we're just doing this on the fly for now because we're trying, like, again, when we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're trying out a new platform here, and I think it's kind of going to be cool, So, but we still have to learn. And um, But this, uh, talking about February 21st, which was a week ago, Saturday, so I, uh, I just want to give a couple updates um, but the Providence Bruins beat the Hartford Wolfpack at the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, Oscar Steen got on the board in the uh, second period. There was no scoring in the second pe- first period. But 20 seconds into the period, Oscar Steen gets his first goal from, um, from Anton Bleed and Brady Lyle. And I'm actually going to tee up the video on this. So check this out real quick. It's uh, really cool. Let me uh, X out of this right now and bring this right in. So check it out. Watch how he comes in layers. Like they get the puck out right here and move it to Lyle. And then Lantoshi just comes in and watch where Steen is. Uh, Boom. I love that kid. He's been playing so well down there this year. Much better uh, since last year. I think he's getting used to the uh, the uh, North American ice since coming over yeah. from Sweden on the uh, entry-level deal. But, um, yeah, he gets that goal. And, and then 25 seconds later, Cameron Hughes gets his second from Paul Carey. Um, Brady Lyle gets his first goal from Lantoshi and Samuel Asleen. Yuno Kampanen, who's been an absolute tank, gets his second uh, these are all third period, late, late goals, and Zach Sinishin gets his uh, an empty netter. But uh, five to two win over very uh, tough Hartford Wolfpack team. Um, so that was that. I'm moving on to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers on Thursday, February 25th at 1 p.m. at the New England Sports Center in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Um, 
Brady Lyle, I got He's becoming one of my favorite defensemen down in Providence. The the third the third pairing is technically the best pairing on this Providence Bruins team, and that's him and Jakashan. Those guys are really working well together. It's very similar to what's going on in the Boston Bruins right now. Bruce Cassidy. And and traditionally, the Bruins like to have a, a shutdown guy with a with a mobile guy, a smaller mobile guy that can get out and transition well. This is the same thing that's going on down in Providence and Jay Leach's uh, system. And this line has just been so impressive. Uh, so I, I want to uh, tee up the uh, second goal at 829 in the first period, assisted by Sinishin and Paul Carey. This goal particularly is very – and pay attention to this one, Heather. I know you're going to like this one. We're talking – we've talked several times about Charlie McAvoy and and his urgency to use his speed and his stick handling to get through the three zones, cross that blue line, and dish it off. What we talked about several times is continuing the movement and the, and, and the whole give and go. I really like the give and go aspect of um, of of any – style of hockey but it's being uh it's being taught down in providence from jay leach and trent Whitfield and and ryan mulgren and so on so these guys are really doing it but this goal particularly was one that i really liked and um um that's the steen this is the one right here so here we go but watch how he just takes the puck right here just just skates up all these three zones, goes through, dumps it, and then continues. See, he just continues on without any worries, just goes. Instead of curling back and trying to cover the, the blue line, he was right there for his first. So that was an awesome, awesome job from him. And like I said, um, the, the that third pairing with him and Ashan had just been so fast. It's been physical. I mean, Ashan plays like he's 6'8", and he's only 5'8", or 5'9", yeah, or whatever. You know, I've been watching just, some footage of him. Yeah, it's he's been absolutely up, yeah. crazy. But uh, in this game, um, you know, Companion, uh, in the first period, gets his third. He's been really good. Mark Diver on Twitter has mentioned several times, or, or a couple times, sorry, that he probably could be a call-up this year if needed. Uh, he's been playing really well down in Providence. But that was it, though. Uh, it was only two goals on um, on Thursday. The Providence Bruins lost to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers uh, by the score of 3-2. to two. Uh Dan Vladar got the loss. He stopped 27 of 30. And previously, I'm so sorry because I'm doing this on the fly. Again, uh, Jeremy Swayman was in the uh, Hartford goal on uh, – was in the Providence goal on February 21st a week ago, over a week ago now, and he made 34 saves on 36 shots. So sorry about that. But updating the uh, last game, which was actually yesterday, and I live-streamed it, which I normally do. Uh, the Providence Bruins were back at the Alexel Center playing the Hartford Wolfpack. And uh, uh, Hartford gets on the board first at 8-0-1 in the first period. Uh, Zach Senishin, he's been playing really good. He scored his fourth of the season, assisted by Jack Ashan. Um, and then Jack Ashan gets his first professional goal um, at the 225 mark of the uh, third period from Paul Carey and Cameron Hughes on the power play. And we're going to tee that one up right now. Todd takes a funny bounce off one of the stanchions. 
Toward the slot, all the way over to the far side. Glee drops it back to Ashan on the point. Right side to Hughes in the circle. Back to Ashan, straight on. Ashan shoots one. That's blocked in front by Radish. Worked out of the near side corner. I carry out to Ashan on the blast and he scores. Big boom. This kid is just amazing. You know, he's a, he, he, his lateral movements along the blue line, the way he plays the bumper, I mean, even though he, him and Lyle are on the third pairing, they're the first pairing or, um, or, or first to go to when it comes to power plays. So it's just these have really good things I'm seeing down in Providence. And I know it's a work in progress. It's not over below the prospect uh, process here, but these are solid signs of what is to come later on. And Lyle, I just want to mention that he was on in he's an, on an AHL deal only. So he signed out of the uh, Ontario Hockey League from the Owen Sound um, attack. And uh, but Ashan is a uh, technically a prospect because he did sign an entry level. So good stuff, um, good work in progress stuff. Uh, in this game, Jeremy Swayman uh, stopped 27 of 29, and he is looking good. Uh, he's 4-0. and oh. Let's look at the, the goalie stats right now. Jeremy Swayman is 4-0. and oh. He's got a 929 save percentage, and he's, only let, uh, he's got a 2.0 goals against average. Um, playing well. So Dan Vladar is playing good, too, even though he's 1-2. and two. He's got a 934 save percentage. In, five, in three games, uh, 171 goals against average. So there's really solid things that are going on. You don't really have to look at win-loss and everything when it comes to goaltenders that are developing. You won't really want to see that high uh, uh, save percentage and low GAA, and, and you got something good there. So um, just uh, rounding everything off, uh, let's talk about the sc uh, scoring. Uh, Paul Carey is in the lead. Uh, for Providence Bruins with eight points, and those are all assists, and that's in seven games. Zach Senishin has four goals, three assists, seven points in seven games. Jakob Lauko has two goals, four assists, six points in six games. Cameron Hughes, to round off, uh, has seven has two goals, four assists, six points in seven games. And to round off the top five, Jack Ashan has a goal, four assists, and five points. That is it for the uh, down in the system kind of segment that I kind of threw together real quick as I'm learning the stream yard thing here. So uh, what did you think about the the discussion? Did you learn anything, Heather? And, and the video clips, were those helpful at all? Because I, I kind of yes. like that stuff. They are, because honestly, let's face it, I'm probably only going to watch clips of the Providence Bruins. I don't have time to watch them even if I could. So... Um, yeah, I always learn something when you give the update. I always use you as the update person. I don't, I don't have the desire to, nor the time to follow eight thousand prospects and whoever <laughs> doing what they're doing. So, as always, but I know the people like to hear you talk about the prospects. Also, you love prospects, and it makes you very happy. So, it just makes me happy to see you happy. Like it. Yeah. Um. The uh, real quick, the uh, standings. Um. The Providence Bruins are in front of the three-team Atlantic Division. They have a 5-2-0 record, and they are currently 5-2-0 in the past 10. So they haven't even played 10 games. Jesus. So that is it for that. So we'll move on to the next topic. Okay. Um, are you sure? Anything else you need to tell us about the young guns? I don't know. Was I supposed to? No. I just okay. wanted to make sure you had nothing else that you could think of. I did so, not. So now I'll show this. <laughs> okay. So um, 
A couple milestone mentions this week. Uh, it's part of the positive. Bergeron passed Bobby Orr on the all-time scoring list to number, so he's solidly in five. And Brad Marchand, I can't even believe, I just never would imagine. 300 goals for Brad Marchand. It was like one of the only good things about, was it Friday's game, I think? Yeah. Um, I, I swear, if you would have told me, Brad, I mean, I liked Brad Marchand from the start, but I never would imagine he would be the player is today. And I can't say that enough. Just like a complete, just like he's a superstar. Like you might hate him, but he's someone you're trying to get on your uh, fantasy team or your team when you're constructing one on a computer or whatever. So I don't know, two big milestones, uh, which is, I just wanted to bring it up. There may have been little milestones. But those are the two big ones from this week. So I just thought we should have mentioned them. We could have mentioned them during the game, but I think it's important to recognize them separately. Just, again, legendary Bruins. We've been lucky. Like, this is this is this generation of Bruins that, you know, as people talk about Busick and all of them, or they talk about, you know, Bjork, yeah, Bjork, Bork and Middleton. And I can't believe I just called Ray Bork, Bjork, like Anders Bjork. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. These guys are them. Pasternak, you know, like Pasternak might be the future, but Bergeron, Marshawn, Tukaras, David Krejci, they define their generation of Bruins and they uh, carried the mantle. You know, um, the more the Bruins teams change, the more they stay the same, the more the game changes, the more they stay the same. Like it's an organization. I'm glad we have a healthy environment over the last 20 years than maybe for some of the previous times and at times in the history. but. These guys, I just, it's, it, I'm already going to cry. Like when they retire, like their jerseys, you know, their numbers going in the rafters. I'm already upset about it. And we still have them around for a little bit. So congratulations, gentlemen, for always. Now, okay, Brad, sometimes you don't necessarily represent us <laughs> the, the most ethically, but you've come around, guy. Getting married and kid and stuff really did you good. So congratulations, boys, on that. Um, Overall, though, as a team, we uh, are 11, 5, and 2, got 24 points. We played 18 games. Good news is, is we're going into, we'll be going in, and we'll talk about it in a minute, though, into a stretch uh, playing at home. And we've been very good at home this year, which has not always been the case when playing at home. So exciting news this week came out, though. Charlie Baker. Starting on March 22nd, Governor Charlie Baker, excuse me, for those of you who might not know, if I say who Charlie Baker, like, who the hell is Charlie Baker? If you're not from Mass, you might not know who Charlie Baker is. It dawned on me. Opening up sports venues and concerts and such at 12% capacity, which looking at the screen, 2,100 fans or so. I don't even want to know what organ you have to sell to get a ticket to get in that building because I know how expensive they are when you can cram 14,000 of us in there. So. I'm sure Julian Edelman uh, from the Patriots is very pumped. He loves the Bruins. And he tweeted like, we're back, baby. Let's fucking go March 22nd. So like Julian Edelman Edelman might be in the building because he can afford the ticket. But uh, we sadly will not. Um, But big deal. 12%. It's the opening. The Bruins get the first home game, not the Celtics. We do on the 23rd of March. That's right. Uh, So. Good luck if you're independently wealthy and you'd like to get in. There's only 2,100 seats, and I'm pretty sure they're probably going to some of the season ticket holders just to appease them. Uh, and But exciting time. So 
I understand COVID. It's been a long year. Let's really be honest. It's not in the sports world. Just we're all at the end. We're all at different stages of our comforts and the whatever. We got to stick it together. But as much as people have complained, like I, I would like to, like I know in my state, like, yes, we had a lot of restrictions. And for a while it was like, it felt like being closed up. But at no point in the last year have I not been allowed to go outside and take a walk for fresh. Like I've had no rights violated, just trying to do the right thing. I don't judge other people for what they do, but all I know is I would love to go in that building, but I am not looking at trying to hang out with other people in large groups, at least till summer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the same thing, Heather. It's just, I'm excited for fans to get back on the stand because you know, you're going to have those, that, that notoriety that you had before of somebody at least cheering you on, giving you that inspirational bump that you need from uh, a voice in from, from afar. So this is actually good. And, and what I heard about it uh, is they're going to be uh, in pods of four, I believe. So if you if you wanted to, you can only buy up to four tickets per person. But what you, you're going to be buying two in the front of one row and then the two in the back of another row. Mm-hmm. So what, what they're doing is it's kind of kind of smart, but you're minimizing the the uh, distance. So if you have four seats all together in one row, that creates not much distance side to side. So by by putting them two in front and two in the back, you can do that. So it's a decent idea. Um, probably going to be a fortune, like you said. Uh, but still, it's it, it's for me. I'm not going to want to go. I don't care how much money it is and if I can afford it or not. I'm not going to go until at least next season. So um, have at it, folks, and so on. But uh, I want to see. It's it's a positive step forward that we're getting closer to normalcy, getting these stadiums back up and running. And and I have to, you know, um, have a, a moment and say that it's good for the owners too because the owners are really taking a beating on this. As much as you hate Jeremy Jacobs and think that his 300 blah, 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 billion dollars and so on is readily available all the time, which is not because it's all tied up in assets. Uh, anyway, and we'll get into the whole, you know, um, that whole crap of the uh, the organization, but uh, it's just you, you need this. It, the league cannot survive without making these appropriate steps to get forward and allowing uh, fans back in the stands where where money can be made and and for uh, an abundance of, abundance of reasons from a from a ownership to a worker at the TD Garden, ushers, food guys, beer guys, all those people. We got to get back to work. Got to get back at it. And normalcy is coming. So be proud. Um, that being said, if one has to rob a bank to buy <laughs> tickets, I would suggest PD Bank and uh, pay the sheriff with his own money, like Robin Hood. That's exactly. And do it with a helmet with a TD sticker on it. <laughs> <laughs> with a TD, just sneak in. Oh, God. Oh my God, I can't. Oh, God. this is a wacky Sunday. I like I apologize I know, right? in advance, listeners. Please come back next week. I promise you it'll <laughs> um, I'm not listen, I'm not even hung over, but I had a few beers last night, but I had barbecue and it was amazing. Big rig barbecue, Sylvaticus, Sylvaticus beers here in Amesbury put me in a food coma. Yeah. Oh my God. I was just like, I got to lay down. I'm just so full, but it was just good stuff. But normally um, I'm hung over right about now. <laughs> I feel like I'm hung over and I haven't even drank anything. I just, I'm hung over <laughs> this week on life, my friend. I'm there hung you go. Over life. There we okay. go. Okay. 
Um, so we do have some games coming up though. Uh, we play and we have three home games this week. Uh, one of them's on Sunday at a weird time. So we'll maybe talk about it or not talk about it depending on when we record. Uh, but we play Washington on Wednesday, the third and Friday, the fifth at home, seven o'clock start times. Uh, Washington is Washington. They're top of our mass mutual division. They played 20 games. They have 11 wins, five losses, and four OTs. 26 points. Um, they're 7-3-2, I think, on the road, so that's not necessarily good. But uh, they are on a two-game win streak. You know, whatever. They're the Washington Capitals. Do we really have to discuss how many guns and sons that they have on that team that can make our lives miserable. So regardless of what happens during the Rangers game today, hopefully by Wednesday, we'll feel we'll be a little more like ourselves. Maybe Grizz will be back or so, you know, like, and just, again, it's hard to pick a new normal when the normal keeps changing. And I'm so sick of the new normal, the new normal in life, the new normal on my hockey team. I can't deal with all of the new normal changing every five days. <laughs> and the new normal isn't new normal because it's the old normal before I get used to the new normal, whether it be my defense or just the school schedule. Okay. So <laughs> that being said, we also play New Jersey and that's Sunday at five. I think, I think it's, it's, yeah, March Sunday 7th, at five. At five. A weird time, but that's okay. I'm not mad about it. Um, because I know we'll be able to get the podcast in before then and not be rushing trying yeah, to look exactly. at we're both like I just looked up to see you looking at the clock too. Like, girl, talk faster. It's eleven forty-four. We got things to do in <laughs> Um, that's fine. Send out a tweet. We're wrapping it up, people. That's fine. Um, but we play New Jersey. They're playing five hundred, their jersey, but they've made our lives a little miserable this year and can certainly beat us if we don't get our shit together. So please get your shit together. Cause I'm sick of losing to the Islanders and the Rangers and New Jersey. And that hurts. I, it doesn't hurt my feelings to lose to Washington or, but it does hurt my feelings to lose to the New Jersey devils. Okay. I think that's what we have. Uh, we have acquired the, we have, I think one more topic before we go into the hashtag BNGs. We acquired Jared to Nordy off of waivers from the Nashville Predators. Did I say his name wrong? To Nordy. To Nordy. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. But you, you said it in the free one. Uh, or weird. Earlier uh, when I was talking to you about him, I said it. Yeah. Weird, but I said it right that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't read my writing on the sheet earlier. That's why I said And we have I three I, more topics to go. So. Yeah. Well, I meant before we get into like the hashtag Ash BNGs and the right. stuff like that. So. I don't know. Who knows what will happen? Uh, that kind of shows me we've been thinking about depth a little, you know, um, Mark, I don't know if you know. I don't, I don't have much on this. It is a, a depth signing, obviously. Uh, this could address uh, future um, discussions um, via a press conference from Don Sweeney saying that Kevin Miller might be out for an extensive period of time. So this might be an insurance policy to get somebody that's physical on the back end. Um, we've seen it the past couple of games and many times a season as they get pushed around a little bit. Um, but, you know, this is just something for that. Uh, I believe I, I don't really know much about this defenseman. I know that he had a goal and four assists and five uh, points last season with, uh, with Nashville. So I don't know a ton about him, but um, 
what I do want to know is where is his insertion going to be into this lineup and how is he going to be used effectively and when? And to answer that question, uh, I'm going to tee up a video courtesy of the Boston Bruins uh, Twitter account. All these videos that come from Bruce are all from the Boston Bruins Twitter account, so credit to them. Uh, but this is what Bruce had to say about the acquisition, the waiver wire acquisition of Jared Tenorti. No one he'll be available. I know he definitely will not be here tomorrow. There's, you know, COVID protocols, et cetera. So we'll probably have a better answer for that down the road. But um, wake up call. I don't know. I think uh, our depth has been challenged in terms of size. Steve, uh, Ozon Miller bring a lot of that element. Um, and uh, with them being out, we don't know on Miller, obviously, with with Jeremy, it's going to be four weeks minimum um, from his date of injury. So this gives us a different look back there, um, a little more stout and stiffness. So uh, and it's just a different element of, of a makeup of a back end. Now, obviously, if you know we were we were more efficient back there, uh, rock solid. Then I don't know if we, you do that, right? But at the end of the day, uh, it is a different element to to ask some guys to go and play like. Uh, the Lozons and the Millers that aren't actually that way is a little more difficult. Do they have to be tougher in front of their net or, or harder, I guess? Yes. Do they need to be cleaner with the puck? Yes. Um, and I think that that's what they have to focus on, not being something they're not. So right then and there, it, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, you know, they do have to get better, uh, a little more physical. This might, and you know, the assertion of Craig McKegg today might show something in their game, might show a spark. The addition of Tenorti, uh, maybe even next week uh, against Washington, because there's a two-game stretch at home uh, he, that he gets in some action. Who knows uh, about the uh, COVID protocols and everything else. So um, that's all I got. I wish I had more information yeah. about the player. I know he's a 2010 draft pick. By the uh, from the Montreal Canadiens, but you know, yeah. we'll do more research on him. And uh, we, yeah. I didn't, I mean, not like I've never heard him, but I, I have no idea about him. Um, so we will keep, yeah. I guess, Tenorti watches on. His father was, um, his father was Mark Tenorti, and, and yeah. um, he played a long time for the Minnesota North Stars and I think Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. So, all right. A quick, just a quick topic. Um, I saw Dale Arnold had tweeted the other day that his book that it was Sean Thornton, uh, it's a Sean Thornton biography with him and well, so I guess it's semi-autobiographical or whatever. I, I don't know the category. I, I'm sorry, brain. But um, Dale Arnold, who's very well-respected uh, sports guy around these parts, um, media guy, and uh Sean Thornton. So I love Sean Thornton. I think you love Sean Thornton. I don't really know anyone who does not love Sean Thornton. That ought to be a real interesting book. It's being released October 26, 2021. I believe you can pre-order on Amazon and such now. Uh, but there, there are going to be some stories in there. Because if you've ever, ever seen Sean Thornton or met him, I mean, he is what he is. He doesn't pretend to be otherwise. He's Great. I love him. He, I think he worked out here really well. I don't, I'm not mad at him for ending up in Florida and then going into their front offices. Like he always said, like it's warmer here. Like that was the big decision. Should I go back to up there or stay down here? And I could play golf here all year long. I can't do that Uh, in Boston. That being said, Sean Thorne still, he comes up, he does his fundraisers every year and he makes all appearances and alumni. He should have been a Bostonian. 
mm-hmm. all yeah. along. He just he's just that Irish type of you know Boston person. I'm not trying to put a. You would think uh, he was raised in Charlestown. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's just yeah. got that persona that when he walks on the street, that you know he's owning the city. Like his, you know, it's just. Everybody yeah, he, he never would have thought that he was from. I, I think is he from Ontario? I believe so. I think so too, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember, but I believe he is an Ontario boy. Sorry, Sean Thornton and people who really know a lot about him, uh, but I believe he's an Ontario boy. Yes. So, anyways, that's going to be an awesome book. Get in on it. I know I'm going to love Sean Thornton, love Dale Arnold. So, support them both and uh, get that done. So, I guess the last topic before Ask BNG and stuff will be. What is going on with Jake DeBrusque, uh, black and gold writer and Rogers TV color analyst? Craig Eagles wrote an article about some of the concerns. So what are your thoughts on Jake and such? It, it, it was kind of weird. This um, We did this on the live stream after I believe it was Behind the Bee came out. Um, and they were talking about his eating habits. And I was just, I was kind of, um, weirded out about the whole thing that he does McDonald's. He crushes McDonald's all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is what it is. The guy is physically fit and so on. I'm sure if he eats a Big Mac, he's gonna work it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my thing about it is it brought me back to like the days of John Whitesides. Remember him and that oh, I mean he was a yeah, I know he was a psycho, but he got results. So with John Whitesides taking a step back and not being the main guy of the Boston Bruins um, training and nutrition, uh, it, I'm not sure who is in charge now. It, it is a new person. I think it had been involved for like a couple of years, or at least a year or two um, when John stepped back, but ha- has the monitoring of stuff like that being an ultimate pro, not only on the ice, but what you do off the ice as well, is that concerning? Is eating like McDonald's all the time taking a step back in Jake's speed? Because um, Craig Eagles mentions that in his in his his um, his article that he wrote, and he touched on several concerns about Jake's game that he thought. Because I mean, Craig's a scout up in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, so he sees things a lot differently than anybody else. And I appreciate his opinions, but he touched on some some really valid things. And I was just concerned about that. And I'm not saying Jake DeBrusque is trash, and I hate him, and he, he's not a Bruin type player, and he needs to be traded. I'm not that type of person. I'm just saying that. Could this team be better if they had better monitoring on how these young kids are eating and so on? So as they continue to develop. Well, I don't know. I mean, certainly as a professional athlete, what you eat can impact that. But I think that even before he was crushing a lot of McDonald's and I don't know, maybe he's upping the McDonald's game because frankly, I know when I'm upset, I want comfort food too. And like your favorite drive through menu item can be that. Um, I think, though, that Jake's game has been struggling long before there was, you know, dietary concerns. But certainly that's not going to help if you're known for your fast feet. Um, I mean, not to bring up Nick Ritchie, but look at the just look at the physical difference in what he looked like when he showed up in February and what he looked like at camp. Part of why he's being more successful is not because, you know, is because. He's also more physically fit. It's easier to keep up with the faster kids, you know, and not saying like he's slow. He's just, I'm using him as an example of someone who's clearly made a conscientious effort to 
be more about diet and, you know, whatever, uh, and taking care of himself off ice, not just what's doing on ice. So maybe that's something that has to be analyzed. But I think, I think Jake's got too much going on in his own head. It's like he has it in him and he's just not letting it out. And when he lets it out, he can't let it out for very long before those large slumps have gone. So I don't know. Maybe he needs a sports psychologist because sometimes they just need somebody outside of your coaches and your trainers and your wife and your best friend and your buddies on the team to talk to you, you know, just to have a place. Because maybe he has concerns. Maybe he just, you know, I mean, he is still kind of a young kid that maybe you're not. I don't know why for whatever reason, but maybe are concerned about sharing or something. You know, I'm not saying that to be true. I'm just saying there can be a lot going on. I mean, he's a 24 year old man, you know, like could be stuff. So I'm still not too, too worried. I hope he works it out. If not, I understand why he might be on the trade, but uh, we'll see going forward. Hopefully we'll see a turnaround because again, he could play today and have just like a brilliant thing. Um, maybe being up will be helpful. All right, it's time for some hashtag Ask BNGs, my friend. Is it really? I thought yeah. we had one more. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, nope. Real quick, I'm, my bad. Okay. My bad. Um, real quick, uh, could Boston, former Boston Bruins defenseman Adam McQuaid be hanging around the Bees organization in an effort to get him involved in a player development role? Craig Eagles wrote an article about this on blackandgoldhockey.com, did a fantastic job, but it was on the uh, tweet from Mark Diver on Twitter uh, that said that he was seen uh, consecutive days uh, in Marlboro, uh, I think at a practice and a game. Uh, but I've seen him personally myself as a media member down in the Providence Bruins, uh, traveling down there, seeing that and working with uh, Chris Kelly. And I believe Don Sweeney was in the same box. So I think there's something coming up with um, with Adam McQuaid, but uh, there's something bears watching. I just want to touch on it real quick because um, this could be something that the Bruins want to address, too, is to have somebody who had a physical career and who was known to be that type of person that would come in and stick up for a teammate at at no cost. Maybe this is a, a training aspect that we need to to move forward with um, when addressing um, the physicality in front of the net and 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 basically overall defensive structure that Adam learned. So uh, it's it's just a solid thing, and I think it'd be really good for Adam to get back into the the, uh, the organization. Yep, absolutely. I think the way that we'll win our next cup is by putting all the guys from the 2011 Cup in the development and coaching roles. So yeah. after Savard's kid gets drafted and stuff savvy's gonna come back and take back a like coaching the power play like no i'm just kidding um but no i like adam McQuaid. i think you know he's an old school defenseman in that sense of like maybe he can help these kids that have been developed in the fast 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 to remember how to slow it down remember how to keep control you know like that's also just putting your body on the line i mean very few people put their body on the on the line with like for their teammates the way Adam McQuaid did. I mean, he's got plenty of broken bones to show for it, and plenty of brilliant, brilliant help outs. You know, uh, you know, it just got to a point where it was time to move on. You know, with injuries and stuff, I don't think it was any hard feelings. Just like for the same reason, some days the Dano Chara will be the head coach after Bruce Cassidy is done. Chara is probably our next head coach. I'm just kidding, but um, no, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I love. Adam McQuaid. I saw that, but I didn't see it on the list. Well, it's all right. It's a work in progress. We're going to work. It out. All right. So hashtag ask BNGs. Now this, I'm going to go from oldest that 
the first one sent into the newest. So I don't know if you have them, if you're bringing them up on the screen, Mark. No, you... I don't. I don't have them at okay. all because. Okay. No, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't want to, if you had them to click and be out of order. So I'll just read them out loud then. So um, John Galat asks, since the la past couple games were ter is terrible, can we have a list of three positive things you saw from this past week? Keep the good vibes. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, John. What say you, Mark? Um, come up with three. Just try to think of a couple positives for John. I liked, um, even though so many people are criticizing Jack Sitnika, saying he's so soft and this and that, and why the Bruins are drafting people like him. Uh, I thought that he looked pretty decent uh, as he worked back into the center position. So that is something to be, I don't know, a positive. Um, not much positives coming out of this, but I got to work on um, um, the Patreon winner real quick. Sorry for the short answer, John. I know you're a valid, I mean, a valued listener, but we're working things on the fly right now. So just trying to get things done before the game. Okay. I'm just trying to go the best I can. I please, if I hope I don't forget anybody, because I'm, Again, I'm, I'm a little off my game today. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Uh, Slapshot Sweethearts, love you guys. They asked, uh, is Eurovacaninen going to be a liability or an opportunity on... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say my three positives. Sorry, John. Um, my three positives, I guess, I do think, like I said, Bjork and Stadnika and some of the... They have been very consistent. Um, I think that... Brad Marchand's 300th goal was a positive, and mm, I don't know, Sean. I'm sorry, John. I'm trying to keep it positive. Yeah, no, I only got two right now. Sorry. Um, anyways, the girls asked us, is Yerovacanainen going to be a liability or an opportunity on the blue line? I, Shan, thinks <laughs> that he has a ton of potential paired up with McAvoy, which was the original rumor, but played like garbage against the Islanders. So... We kind of touched on this earlier, but I would say I don't think he's going to be a liability. He's more of an opportunity. If anything, for depth, that would be my answer to Shan on that one. Um, but I don't know how you feel about that. I think that he's, I mean, he's he's a work in progress. He's been playing decent down in Providence. He's He, you know, earned the spot up here. So they they definitely believe in what he's doing. I don't think this is bad on him, what he's doing and learning and maybe taking a little longer to, to, to get it all together. So no, I don't think he's, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like a jerk or anything like that, but I also don't you know want to answer that question. I just don't think that that it, that question just seems very impatient to me that then folks aren't willing to give this uh, player like this a chance or, or anything like that. So uh, but this is the way you incorporate pe uh, players like that into your organization in the future because, you know, your first round pick, you know, it's going to pan out sooner or later that you're going to be on this team for a while. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and I understand that not all first round picks make it, but um, I believe in this one. So it's not a step back in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's more of an opportunity, if anything, just to try and get some more experience for depth for these kids because injuries happen and we are notorious for our defensemen going down right before the playoffs. So um, also, I think it's important for size wise. We need we still haven't really solved the being big on the back end. We do have a few bit like Lowe's on a little bigger. I mean, obviously, he's bigger than Tory Krug, but at the same time, he's young and he's still figuring out how to use that, you know, size and speed you know, just as an example. So 
All right. Thank you, Shan. I hope that answered that. All right. Uh, Chad McVean, uh, as always, sends us in a couple parters. So we'll go one at a time. Okay. First question If they can avoid the New York Islanders, ha ha ha, can <laughs> they win the cup right now? Oh, I say no. Way in hell can we win? I don't believe cup? so. I don't believe so. Uh, I hate saying that. Not because I don't want them to. And you know, I'll believe the shit out of it until it doesn't happen. But I don't think so. I don't think we're constructed to be a cup winner unless, I mean, we almost, we didn't win the cup the year that we had probably the best path with the most solid team we could have possibly had in 2019. You know, we had the hockey gods part, the red seas, and we had a badass team that didn't, but you know, I just, so I have a hard time thinking as constructed. Now we can do it uh, at the trade deadline. Do we need more, what's more important forwards or defense? I will always say defense because defense wins you cups. I, I, I'm going to um, agree with that. Everyone is happy. Everyone is happy. Uh, uh, uh. Everyone is happy. Chara has played well so far. I am happy. He's having a good time in Washington. I'm glad that again, like I said a couple weeks ago, why can't we all just be all right? You know what I mean? Why can't we still slap each other high fives across the aisle? It doesn't, I don't, you know, that's just me. I think I'm very happy to see that he's still getting, some, you know, having, you know, good amount of minutes and he's still doing it. I mean, he's a beast and I'm happy for him. Um, yeah. There's been a few times that I've the last few games, especially I'm not like, dear God, what I would give anything just to have Zedano Chara's long ass stick on the side. No, I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not like that. I think this defense is, it's not, it's, I'm not saying it's better without him, but this needed to happen. Cut it, got cut the cord sooner or later on aging veterans. So, you know, in certain the youth is you're going to take, it's going to go through trials and tribulations. So no, I do not. I mean, good on, good on Chara for what he's doing and so on in another team, but he's not on the Bruins. So next question. How good is Nick Ritchie? Nick Ritchie is so good that I think he's going to catch Ovi chasing Wayne Gretzky for all <laughs> oh, time. Boy. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, he's boy. been playing well. Yes. I mean, I guess on the scale of how good is he, he, he's better than Jimmy Hayes, but not as good as Brad Marchand. That's my true that. So what do you say? You think he's good? I think, think he's, he's, he's been doing good. I mean, he's, he's a definite turnaround. There's no doubt about it. And it's good. He's scoring. This is what we need. This is the Nick Richie that we all were hoping we were going to get last year, but maybe it took a little bit of an adjustment and, and, that, that you can't knock on the positives. We're not haters here. We're yeah. not going to discredit any player for not doing it, but there's noticeable changes that people saw when he came to Boston last year that were just not Boston type players. What he did in the off season was a Boston type attitude. And what this organization strives on being is an ultimate professional. And obviously he did that during the off season. He understood it and brought it to his game in 2021. So um, you know, you, you got to freaking really go for, you know, give it the old, uh, do it for the Gipper, man, because he's doing it. The Gipper. Yeah. I mean, he's playing well. I don't think it's a question of like how good he, I mean, I don't think he's a league superstar. He's playing well, but he certainly is not the player he was last year, you know, and maybe he does have some of what he expected to be in him, but he's playing well. And, uh, yeah, again, I'm sorry, but never, I, in contrary to popular belief, I will always say someone's playing well if they are, and they are, he's playing well. I think uh, he maybe gets a little shiny sometimes uh, 
But at the same time, like the last few games, I I mean, even though he scored a goal and stuff, I mean, overall as a team, we haven't been playing well. So, I mean, you can't also say, oh, he's not good now because he had a bad game because we're a win as a team, lose as a team kind of team. And we have definitely been losing as a team effort, but I don't put any of that on him. I mean, as for him as a player. Also, too early for final four predictions, Boston, Toronto, Vegas, TB question mark. I do think it's too early for predictions. I do not no. think Toronto will be in the final four. I will predict that though, because the we haven't even play. hit our traditional Thanksgiving um, like gauge when we're we're Easter. in normal season in uh, in November with like where where we see our our, uh, our playoff picture and where where we coming out. But I haven't even been there yet, so we will get on that to the uh, Aspen G um, questionnaire. Yeah, we'll circle back to that. I do have to say though, as for Toronto, I mean, I think Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. Uh, I think we can, if we can get it together and we can get healthy, I do still think we're probably going to have to do something at the trade deadline, not something crazy necessarily, but a little shore this up, especially if these holes continue to show. Um, but I still am skeptical about Toronto because it's not to say anything, but the Canadian division is definitely a high offense, not so crazy defense. So I think it may be a detriment to say Toronto who normally has been used to having to play Tampa Bay or whoever teams like that, that are solid ass defensively to have to suddenly in the third round of the playoffs have to come crashing in to a team like that, you know? So I guess it remains to be seen, but we will revisit that. Cause I agree. I think it's too easy. It's too early, too crazy of a season to see what will happen. Okay. So what was I saying? All right. So Northern Lights asks, who should the Bruins trade Rask to? Just kidding. How do you it find that funny at all? Well, of course you don't. You never think it's funny to mess with two. He did actually say just kidding, though. Uh, if the Bruins were going to trade current assets to improve their cup chances, who do you think or want to go? Assume that you're trading for like Eklund or Palmieri type. So not like a stupid trade, but like something that would have some kind of meeting, but without blowing everything up. I'm not trying to be, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not very good at trade talk. And um, well, I would say that. Yeah, I uh, appreciate the SBNG, but I just don't, I, I don't know right now. I haven't done enough research on it. I'm not sure Eckholm is the answer. I know he's kind of the rumor guy right now. Uh, not because he wouldn't be a good fit, but um, someone like him. I, I, as much as I would love Kyle Palmieri, I think he would do a lot for, his, you know, I do think that we're going to have to make a move for, not a sub. I mean, no one's getting Victor Hedman, but like maybe going for someone like an Ekholm or someone like that, uh, just to have a little more solid veteran kind of defensive presence to help help back there for injuries going. And like you know, it's not anything against the young kids; they can always you know, not saying bump them out of the lineup necessarily, but have the choice. You can give people rest. You know, that just means maybe Brandon Carlo. He might be 25, but he also might need a day off. You know what I mean? Or Charlie Coyle, uh, you know, whatever. Not Charlie Coyle, Charlie McAvoy. I don't know. I'm talking defense. But anyways, that's a bad answer. But I know Mark hates when you ask about lineups and trades and stuff. It's not. Yeah, it's just not. It's not my thing. Um, I'm not not an expert at all that stuff. All right. So Shannon Walsh, another one from Shan asks, should we be worried about the mental focus of the young guys? I know I have talked about it with some of the BNG production team offline, but the Islanders and Rangers games have really shown the risk 
for team's depth with the young guys aren't focused. Like I said, I'm not in panic mode about it. I think we're kind of having team issues. It's not just the young people. I also am in realistic. Like I do think that having so many young players is happening exactly what we thought would happen. Like it, they're going to get figured out. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not a lot of tape to have to watch. How they respond is the more important thing. Like, are these young kids going to do their research? Are they going to listen? Are they going to make the adjustments necessary? Are they going to be willing to take the risk that maybe they don't feel they're ready for? But if Cassidy's telling them to go, go, you know what I mean? And trust yourself in that way. Um, but for me right now, I'm not currently just worried about the young kids. I'm worried about maybe it is the mental focus. Maybe, I mean, obviously in this Error, it wasn't too much fun in Tahoe kind of situation. But I am getting concerned with the we get the high of the really, really good win and we follow it up with two really shitty games after. So hopefully we bounce back and this is a better week. But yeah, um, I I don't even know if it's the focus. I think it's maybe just it's hard to wrap their heads around because of all the just it's about a couple weeks on this team of just Ask me and G's from now on would be posted right up in here. So we both can see the question from uh, now on. I just and ask me and G's will also be required to be submitted uh, the night before we record. We normally record on Sundays. We'll let you know when we're going to record and to when to fire away for ask me and G's. But everything is going to be done differently nowadays. So Yuso Kakaninen asks, did the Bruins get soft after listening to Barbie girl after they went at Lake Tahoe? I say no, because Barbie girl, even if you hate that song by the end of it, by the end of the three minutes, everyone's going, come on, Barbie, let's go party. It's just one of those songs. So not a, not a fan. And I did not do that. I'll tell you I think that it was right the, now. I think it was the four day layoff that. Yeah, that's true. My thing. So, all right. And Mitt, Nanook the bitch says four of the last five games have been poor and shown the D having some problems, the same old problems being our Achilles heel. This may actually be a good in the long term, as those what matters will, yeah, those that matter will have a clear idea of what is needed for the next part of the season to compete. What say you? We talked about this. I, I still think we need more help on the back end. As much as I think that Lozon and Zaboral and them have been doing fine, like I'm not mad at them. They're exactly what I expected them to be. Maybe even playing up a little more than we thought that they would from the get, you know? Like maybe yeah. now we're getting towards the half point I thought they'd be playing. But from the beginning, they've been pretty solid, or at least you can see them wanting to learn, wanting to, you know, and that's how you get better. Yeah. Um but I do think that this hole on the defense, and we knew it could be a hole, but it's starting, especially because of injury, to be a substantial hole that's getting hard to patch up. And I, for one, just as a Bruins fan, as I feel like we always play this game. We're always patching, patching, pat, you know, and, and sometimes we don't have the right patches as much as we wish we would, you know. So that's just yeah. me on that one. Yeah, it's just it, it just need more time. The defense needs more time to get adjusted to what's going on at this level. It comes at you a lot faster than the American Hockey League or any other developmental leagues around the world. So um, I'm willing to accept what's going on. I know it sucks as Bruins fans, but it's a speed bump, and we you know nobody predicts the future, so you don't know how they respond. So hopefully they respond well today and then move on from that. 
yeah, hopefully it's just a speed bump and not like a long, you know, road with off a cliff. So we'll see. I doubt it'll go that way, but you also don't want it to go much more than the next few games if it is going to go that way to kind of start swinging back the other way a little. I, I just, even if, like, even if they lose today to the Rangers, I want them to play better. They just haven't been playing well. Right. So that is going to be a messy loss. You don't want to get outscored that much. You know, you want it to be close. So again, it makes me long for the days of the shootout goal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, one last one. Miss Maria of Watertown said after the Bruins week, that was, is it time for Don Sweeney to explore a deal for veterans shut down defensemen? We're saying yes, maybe. I- I'm not saying trade the farm on it, but I do think that, as we go, we've got about another month before the trade deadline or so. I think it's like the 4th or the 14th of April. Um, I can't remember. I think it's the 14th. Yeah, I don't remember I either. I think that now's the time. Now's the time that Neely needs to look at the options. What are you reasonably going to give up or get back? And not do the like kind of need to pull a trigger. Like wait until it's getting kind of. I, I know they do this all the time. I don't mean like they wait till last minute. But like get in on it now. Have those discussions now. Pull something off maybe before the trade deadline as necessary. Uh, I feel like we're always caught on the backside of the trade, meaning the trade, although even when it's advantageous to us, we're the ones that get fleeced on some level. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm asking is I do want him to go and get somebody. Again, I'm not saying you need a $10 million defenseman, but somebody, we need somebody. And at home or whoever to come in here. And I know that that changes who we can protect necessarily and who we can't, but that's the fact of the matter that all teams are going to have to go through. You're going to have to say goodbye to players. You don't want to say goodbye to. That's what the stupid draft does. Um, But yeah, that's just me. I think he should be already exploring it. If he's not, I think he needs to be exploring that a lot more than forwards at this point. I I definitely believe that they need to do something on the back end. Um, Just to, just to, I, I still believe in the youth. And what's going on, even though, like I said, a speed bump again. But if you're in that win mode motto now, this is the, then this is what you have to do. You have to get a veteran defenseman and so on. Or somebody well, that's, that's got experience that in all aspects of the game. And that can be an overall statement about this team. You need to decide, are we rebuilding? Are we still trying to win now? Or are we just saying, fuck it, and just like going for the future? And that decision has to be made. And if it's not made by the trade deadline this year, it could throw off the whole entire plan for what has been the plan. And right. uh, nobody wants, again, it's okay. We talk about this. Like, swing sometimes is changing up the plan or whatever. You know, like Cassidy's system's great, but maybe you got another secondary tweak system you could try out for a few games if that's necessary. Whatever. That is the hashtag AskBNGs. When I put out the hashtag BNG thing, we'll know when we're going to be recording. So we'll have it. I'll, I'll start adding like a deadline time to submit them. As always, I love that you send them in. Please do so. If you, even if your coworker has a question, feel free to send it in to us. Hashtag AskBNGs. Mark, do you have a this week in Bruins history? No, we don't. We're just going to be flying right through to the end of this because I got to well, wrap this up. This week in Bruins history on Friday, Brad Marchand scored his 300th goal. So that is go. the future. This is yeah. this week in Bruins history. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, blackandgoldhockey.com, baby. Go and see all the content. Uh, writers, awesome graphics, uh, podcast. podcast network. 
follow all the writers, follow all the YouTubers, follow all the, follow everything. All follow the information follow, 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 right follow. there. Please follow that. We'd certainly appreciate it. Um, might as well just get right into our Patreon. We do have a Patreon account going on. This is to help uh, cut the our operational costs of running a sports uh, sports media company. And uh, for doing that, we ask that our 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 listeners uh, contribute one dollar per episode. We're probably going to do four episodes a month, so it's only a small investment, four to six dollars a month, and so on. But we're going to be giving away a prize, a everyone's related prize, every week, and a, a hand signed jersey once a month. This month, I'm sorry. Uh, tomorrow's the first, March 1st. So in March, we're giving away a good old Irish boy, Terry O'Reilly. So get on board the Patreon information down below. Donate $1 per episode. Be eligible for me to ship this to you. Beautiful hand-signed jersey. Nice freaking um, signature. We have a jersey to give away once a month for uh, till at least September of, of 2021. So we're really and we're buying more. So we're getting involved and we get all our stuff from Bruce Sullivan at Boston sports and music memorabilia. But this week, the Bruins related item is going to Megan St. Louis. And I meant to do the video, but the video wouldn't allow me to upload it onto uh, StreamYard. So I will work on that for next week. Um, so that is it for the Patreon. I really appreciate everybody contributing. We have like, I think 40 Patreons, which is really nice and it helps us, buy more, buy more, and buy more uh, to keep the list and the giveaways going. So truly appreciate that. Uh, we also appreciate all our listeners, uh, financial supporters, and friends and family who continue to uh, believe in us and move our stuff forward. Uh, retweets, uh, shares on social are, are awesome. They're, they, if you can't make a financial uh, investment into our program, uh, retweeting shares on your social media only takes a second, but it's worth every penny to us. We certainly appreciate that. So with that being said, I do want to apologize for everything that's going on. Anyway, uh, thanks again. We're getting distracted now because the game is on. We kind of got a little late, but again, I want to apologize for everything that's going on today. We Moving forward, we are going to get better. This is just something new for us, and and uh, we we try to be perfectionists. And if it doesn't work out, we completely freak out. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you very much, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Can I end this now? I'm trying to go watch the Bruins game. So okay, yeah, bye. Let's do that. All right, take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.